This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This Eufy Lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. What's happening, guys? Happy Monday. And thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. I know I don't normally put podcasts out on Mondays, but this week I'm feeling generous. Now, before I begin, 
Let me be honest and admit, I'm recording this on Friday, so I have no idea what happened in the Islam Makhlched fight, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. On today's show, I want to get personal and tell you guys about the crazy past year I've had coaching wrestling up here in Oregon. It's been a season full of ups and downs, but I got to tell you, our kids persevered and learned a lot, and I learned a bunch as well. And I'd love to share this with you guys. All right, guys, wrestling season in Oregon is over. And I will tell you, it was the longest season I've ever been part of. Oh, and guess what? It was the shortest season that ever existed. With the pandemic, with all the rules, with everything that changed, I think we had seven weeks. It might have been six and a half. It was so challenging, though. They started out. I remember the first email I got. No contact wrestling. And I remember telling Coach Samron... I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to. We, we've got a, a great team. And I don't just mean the athletes, the coaching staff, the parents, the fans. Like, it's just a really great area. I'm in a community of wrestlers. Wrestling in Westland, taken very seriously. So, I don't know how to do no contact wrestling. I've been at this my whole life since I was nine years old. I've never done that. No contact wrestling. Oh, by the way, you must have a mask on. Okay. The rules were changing very quickly. I'm out here in Oregon. They were changing very quickly. So that was a period of time, but we got through it. And then whole team's in the room. Everybody's wearing a mask, but we can touch each other. We re-shut down in Oregon. A rule gets put in place that you can only have six athletes and one coach at practice a time. And that's for indoor sports. I don't know the rules for outdoor. We had two categories in Oregon, indoor, outdoor. I followed the indoor. So we're thinking, okay, great. We'll put, we got 24 guys on the team, get six in the wrestling room, we'll get six in the weight room, we'll get six upstairs on the basketball court, get another six outside on the track, and we'll rotate them. No. It's a battle for resources, and each team can only have six in the building. So our idea about splitting between the weight room or up on the basketball court, idea's out. So we decide the only thing we know to do is to hold Four, we got six, 24 guys hold four practices with six guys per hour. So we end up holding four practices a day. Now, that only lasted for a week. The rules changed again. Okay, everybody's back inside. But we're losing athletes. We're losing athletes for a variety of reasons. One, wrestling is tough, and any excuse you can find to not have to do it, a lot of guys will take, in all fairness. The other side of the coin is all of the different opinions on the safety measures that are in place. So you're going to lose a couple of people for that too. So there was just some push and some pull and our team starts to get whittled down. So we end up with about 21 guys, but we lost some real hammers. I mean, I'm talking about state guys that all district, district finalists qualified for the state tournament, very meaningful members on a team that is point driven where you need some points. So here's the situation we're in. And I, I don't know if I've ever had a more memorable year. We also don't know if there's going to be a state tournament. Now, our coaching staff is no different than any other coaching staff where you preach all year long, the only thing that matters is districts and state. The only thing that matters is district and state. Now, that's not just because those are the perennial events. It's because you're going to stub your toe 
along the way and to fix a kid so that he doesn't hang on to a defeat over here in a side tournament or a duel, you, you remind him, this is part of the preparation. Let it go. That's the message. When coaches, and we're no different than anybody else, but when we say nothing matters but the state tournament, that's the reason where that comes from so that somebody doesn't cling to something and then dwell and stay down, right? World's a big place. Season's a long place. We can't let a kid get stuck in the cracks. That's our meaning, but those aren't our words. Our words are nothing matters but districts and state. And out here in Oregon, guess what they took away from us when they announced our season? Districts and state. So now we're coaches who have preached to these kids from day one, who have been with us from day one, that the only thing that matters, according to us, is not going to happen. So why are we here? Do you see where this becomes a problem? So now we lose more kids. So now we start at 24, we go to 21, we're down to 18. Okay. Rules keep changing. State decides they are going to hold a district tournament. OWA steps in over the OSAA and rules we're going to have a state championship too. The OWA is going to respect the results of the district, which is held by the OSAA, but we're going to hold this damn thing. Great, everything's back on board. We got 18 guys, let's rock and roll. We had things that happened over this season. We have two guys that went on to the professional ranks. Ricky and Kale both signed with Oregon State. They're going to represent the Beavers. Now, West Lynn has had All-Americans before, but they're rare. And I could probably count it on one hand. Ricky Bell was third. He is an All-American. He was third in Fargo at the Junior Nationals. He is the defending state champion. All he has to do is show up this year and go get his award. Hold that thought because we also have Cale Brunson. Cale Brunson is a two-time, I said two-time, state champion. All he's got to do in his senior year is show up and get his award. They're just those guys. Those guys appear all the time. There's nothing you can do with. We all get it, and you, you're just going to have a level of success that other guys aren't. Okay, great. Well, the way the season unfolds and the way there was misinformation or information coming in out of place and out of line... Those guys have other plans that exclude them from participating in the district tournament. So our team, who's ranked number five, loses two gold medals. Lose two gold medals. And those guys, you're never going to get anybody like that. Like, you can't, you can't keep Ricky Bell out of a practice room. I'll even be driving around town and see him on runs, running through town. Like, there's a reason he's the third best kid in the country who's now going to be paid to go do his craft. And then you have Kale. We will never get another Kale. I've been coaching for, well, since 2001, so for a period of time. I've never met anybody like him. And I'm not telling you that I'll never get another three-time state champion. I'll never get a guy that's undefeated. I'll never get a guy you know, that gets more college scholarships. We'll see all of those things in West Lynn. Kale's a unique personality, right? I mean, Kale's one of those guys that just lifts up the room. And Kale's got something inside of him, unlike any other human being, where Kale doesn't know how to lie. So he never does. So you always get the truth from Kale. I mean, I'm only sharing with you, and I'm not going deep in wrestling stories. It's just, that's a blow. To not have Kale Brunson in the room, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel different moving forward. And I got to accept it. I say I a lot. I'm speaking for all of the coaches. We're never going to get another Kale Brunson. It's just one of those things. All right. So we got two hammers, two champions, three titles between the two of them. Professional wrestler. I mean, these are good guys. 
all American. These are good guys. They're gone. So when I tell you that we're the number five team, you give us those two studs, which are art, we're the number three team. And I realize there's some people that aren't going to brag about being number three, but West Lynn is a perennial power in the state of Oregon. People in Oregon know West Lynn takes wrestling serious. It always has, but we've never won the championship. We're never not in the top 10, but we've never won the championship. So to get that close, to get to third, it is something that I'm bragging about. For sure. Would have been a great achievement, not to mention how few bodies we have. We got 18 guys. Other teams are, are entering 24 guys. We got 18. We're still going to go out there and grab a trophy. It's one of these things. We got this kid on our team named Levi. And I don't know if there's anyone in the room that works as hard as Levi. And I don't know if there's anybody that wants to be a great wrestler more than Levi. And Levi just has challenges. There's just things that are uh, against him. Like getting through a practice a year ago, he always did. This guy's tough as an old leather boot, but it was hard. He had to work harder than other people just to survive. It was just one of those things, and he was work he, he wants to have muscles. I'm going back a year ago. He's got the muscles now. I'm going back a year ago, but he wanted to have them. So I would watch this guy. I'd watch him doing his push-ups and his sit-ups. I'd watch him trying to get over that pull-up bar at one point. This would embarrass him, but I, I didn't say it at the time. He couldn't do a pull-up. I mean, now he'll go crank him out. It's no problem, but he worked for that. He's a tough guy that never quit. Levi would go home at night after practice, and he would lay in bed, and to fall asleep, he would go watch wrestling videos on YouTube, technique videos. And then he would come in the next day, and he would ask the coach, hey, I was watching this video, and this guy was coming here, and am I seeing this right? How do I do it? He was just very curious. And whenever I think about Levi, I always think about Nate. Because every compliment I give Levi, I've got to also give Nate. It's hard to go into a practice room, whether it's the club room or the high school room, and not see Nate. And Nate's just got this great attitude. And Nate's one of these guys who deserves to win. Like, there's certain things that coaches will tell you over time. If you do this and you do this and you do this, you're going to win matches. Nate does all of those things. Nate deserves to win a bunch of matches. And he's winning more matches now than he did the year before. And he won more the year before than he did the previous. It's going along quickly, but he's greedy. Nate wants it right now. You always have to tell Nate. Don't get down on yourself. This is a process. All the stuff you think's only happening to you, that you're the only one disappointed with the results of a wrestling match, like everybody's feeling it. This sport is about who can hang in there longer than their opponent. So Nate's doing everything right, but it's a process. One day, these three kids walk in the room. And I didn't know who these guys were. I'd never seen these knuckleheads in my life. And they were out playing lacrosse, so they joined the season late. They're freshmen. It's the first year they can wrestle. They decide they're going to. They finish up their lacrosse. They all walk in together. Gus, Austin, and Rink. Hudson is his name. And they're all the same guy in that they don't know a damn thing about wrestling. But they said they were going to do it. They report to the room on time every time. They never leave early and they make no excuses. Now, when I tell you these guys don't know anything about wrestling, they could not score a wrestling match between them. If I was to just, hey, Gus, uh, how much is a takedown worth? Hey, hey, by the way, Hudson, what's the most you can get on near fall? Hey, Austin, tell me, tell me what a reversal's worth. Show me what a Gramby is, any one of you. Tell me how the overtime process works. Tell me how double overtime. They don't know anything about wrestling. But there's other things you learn about wrestling over time, too, like how to stall, how to give up, how to quit. They don't know anything. So before you think I'm insulting them, 
they also don't know any of the bad stuff that comes along over time. These guys are straight up street fighters, all three of them. And I know all of their dads. I would talk to them or I would send them text messages and I would tell them in the text, your kid doesn't know anything about wrestling. But boy, is he a pleasure to have in the room. So when the end of the season comes around, Austin ends up not getting to participate in the district tournament. So he comes as a good teammate and supports everybody. Gus has a family trip that's planned before we know the date of the state tournament. Hudson is on the mat. Hudson just fights. He doesn't know anything about anything. He fights his way into a placement that qualifies him for state. And we get to the state tournament. And Hudson's out. He's been eliminated. He He's all down. Hudson's all down on himself. I said, Hudson, you're at the state tournament for wrestling and you don't know how to wrestle. How can you be down on yourself? This isn't on Hudson. It's on the coaches. Our job is to teach him how to wrestle. It's not his job to know how to do it. His job was done. You come off the mat covered in sweat, you're upset with the outcome, and you want to get better. You're doing your job. Give us a minute here. So all the while that this is going on, I got a really close eye on this kid named Armstrong, Liam Armstrong. And Liam was just a dude in the room. Like previous year, if Liam would not have shown up this year, I wanted to know. Take that as rude if you want. I'm speaking as truthfully if I had known. I, I would not have known he wasn't there. Like, Cade didn't come in this year, or Cole got a scholarship to go play football and they didn't want him to get injured. Their absence was noticed. If Liam would not have come in the door this year, I never would have known. What I'm trying to say is, we had this guy who was quiet, who I guess you would call shy, who wasn't overwhelmingly good wrestler. And a year later, Everybody this year missed practice, myself included, head coach included. Coach Harmon, Grandpa, Michael, Wyatt, everybody's guilty. Everybody missed practice at some point, except Armstrong. Armstrong never missed a practice. He never left early. He never said he was hurt. He never said he did not feel well, which you can get away with pretty easily when you're in a pandemic. He never did it. Oh, should I mention this little kid a year ago now has long hair like Tarzan and weighs 209 pounds the right way. So all of a sudden, Armstrong is a player out of nowhere. And I'm not just talking he was a finalist for the city championships. This guy's a player to get on the stand at state. Total stud. His best moment, he thought was a private moment. It was when his state tournament concluded and he looked around and made sure nobody saw him and he went behind a building and behind another building and he needed a moment to himself, but I followed him. I followed him. My job. I don't know what's, I, things get really weird when a kid's down like that. Didn't with him. He just needed a moment. Just needed to be by himself. But it still is showing that he cares. And as he's going through his career and as we're preparing for next season and now that people are looking at him, he's got bigger expectations. He's got a big fancy ranking next to his name, knowing that he cares. Really not a whole lot more that, that we need to know. We got a heavyweight named Colby. Now, Colby pisses me off because Colby is as tough as they come. And skill-wise, we have not had a heavyweight. And when I say we, I'm talking the state of Oregon. Colby will throw you on your feet. He'll ride you all day. He'll get up off the bottom. Colby knows every position of wrestling, which is very unique for a heavyweight. 
they push and they pull. One guy makes a shot. You block the arm. You go around. Six minutes later, they raise your hand. It's one of these things at heavyweight. I'm not trying to put them down, but there's, there's a different way and strategy to win at the heavyweight class. Colby gets on top of you one time. He will change the match. You will be exhausted, and he will have a bunch of points. He's leg right, and he's turning guys over. There's just things that you don't see with heavyweights, but it's very hard to get Colby to believe in Colby. You can tell him till you're blue in the face, and he can score points till you're blue in the face, and then they can give these big, beautiful rankings and these big, beautiful seeds, and everybody else can tell him how great he is, but he's either going to believe it or he's not. And right now, for reasons unknown, he's choosing not to, which is somewhat similar to me. And I don't mean this guy, me, Eric, me. Eric Mee is another one of these guys where it's like he's chosen. It's like, like it's, people talk about DNA or birthright. It's like there's this magic wand waved over Eric Mee. He's just good at everything he does. He's a good lacrosse player. He's a good wrestler. He's a good-looking guy. He's plenty strong. People like him. He's funny. He's smart. Like he, he checks all these boxes, but he doesn't always believe in himself. And it's really hard from the outside to see guys like Colby or like Eric as good as they are, but they don't believe it. How would I know this before you know this, right? Like, how, how would your parents know this? How do your team, how, how does everybody see this? The, the league ranks you number three, Eric. The state ranks you number two, Colby. But you don't see it. I, it's one of these things, and these guys have time, but the skills are there. I mean, they're the opposite of what I was telling you about Hudson, Autzen, and, and Gus. Those guys don't know how to wrestle yet. Me and Colby not only know how to wrestle, they're damn good at it. But they don't necessarily see it. And there's two Eric Me's. There's a really nice one and there's a not-so-nice one. And when the not-so-nice one shows up, he wins wrestling matches. So it's it's one of it's our job. Again, this comes back to the coaches. we got to harness, we got to identify what makes him tick, and we got to make sure that he shows up at the right times. Okay. You work down a little bit, and you run into a guy named Wyndham. Now, I have never lost sleep more in my life over an athlete than I have over Ben Wyndham. Here's what happened. Ben Wyndham walks in on his first day of practice, and Coach Samron is just salivating. He's Coach Samron's walking around the room. I heard him telling Grandpa, and I heard him telling Coach Harmon, and then he makes his way over to me, and he's, and he's pointing. That's why I know, I, I know he told me what he told them, and he told Wyatt, and he told Michael, because he's saying the same to me, and he's pointing at the same kid. Coach Samron could see this on day one. There's something special in this Wyndham guy. So we get to the end of the season, and Wyndham is still left stand, and we go to the state tournament. And turns out Sam Runner's right. Turns out this Wyndham's pretty damn good, but he's a baseball player. So somebody gets a hold of him and tells him if he focuses on wrestling full-time, he could really make it in this sport, and he listens. Now, this is why I lose sleep, okay? I don't watch baseball. I don't know a lot about baseball, but I know Wyndham, and he's as close to perfect as I've seen. He never complains. He never brings anybody down. In fact, the opposite, he lifts people up. He never gets scared or intimidated of a fight. That doesn't bother him in the least. He works super hard. And it would just seem to me, when you have a work ethic and an IQ of Ben Wyndham, this guy's going to the majors. It would just seem to me, I'll share with you that I, I haven't seen him play baseball. But I know athletes, and I know work ethic, and I know heart, and I know dedication. And if you take what I see from Wyndham and you put that on the baseball field, there's going to be nobody like him. So this isn't, you've heard the expression, the million-dollar question. This isn't the million-dollar question is, well, should he stop baseball and come here? And this is what keeps me up at night. This is the $11 million question. 
Have we served him? Is that the right thing to do? To pull him out of a sport with such a, a beautiful future as baseball with the kind of work ethic and mind that he has. Winjum, hold the thought, and Earl. Now, these guys are peas in a pod. If I don't know where Winjum is, I ask. I don't call Winjum, I ask Earl. If I don't know where Earl is, I don't call Earl, I ask Winjum. And I'll always get the answer. These two share a brain. They were both baseball players. They both came over to wrestling. They both made a commitment. They're one weight class apart. They were both at the state tournament a year ago between the two of them did not score a point. This year, going into the second day, which represents the semifinals of the state tournament, neither of them had given up a takedown. Okay? You want to talk about what a difference a day makes? Between this pair, Earl and Ben, on the state tournament last year, between the two of them, they did not win a match. Going into the second day this year, they had not given up a point. Turned out the experiment worked. The baseball versus wrestling experiment worked. Old Chael can get a little bit of sleep now. All right. So, they both go into the semifinals. Both come in short in that. They come back through the backside. They ended up fourth. So they are now all state wrestlers. That will start, both of them will start the season next year, ranked number two in Oregon, but we got very clear marching orders of who we have to beat and where we got to beat these guys. Rademacher. So, I told you guys earlier about Kale. Told you I'll never get another Kale. That's true. Rademacher's unique himself. And I could tell you before this season ever started, Rademacher could win the national championship. He could win Fargo. I will guarantee you he will be top five. I could not tell you he was going to win the state championship. Not for sure. He was going to have to wrestle. The defending champ was in the weight. Another killer was in the weight. Both of those guys already signed scholarships to go off and be professional wrestlers. Rademacher's a sophomore, but Rademacher's a sophomore who's a returning state finalist. He's a player. He's a big-time player. I just can't guarantee that he's going to win. And there's not very many kids anywhere in the country that I can tell you with a straight face are going to be top five in the nation, could be the national champion, and I can't absolutely assure you can win their own state. Every now and then there's those weird weights where you just get these studs and nobody's backing down. Rademacher could have moved. No problem. The other guys could have moved. Sometimes you get guys that refuse to give ground. Okay, well, we got three badasses. They're going to have to figure it out. So Rademacher ends up in a dust-up with Potts, and I've seen him wrestle Potts. And I respect Potts a lot. I believe Rademacher's the better wrestler, regardless of whose hand they raise, but Potts is so hard to score on. This Potts could make a technique video on defense. Second generation guy. His dad was a badass. And Potts just knows how to control a wrestling match. It's one of these things. So Rademacher knows offense and aggression. Potts knows strategy. And these guys are going to collide. One point separates them every single time. Potts goes into the finals. Rademacher's in the wrestle back. Rademacher doesn't want to be there. And he's only a sophomore, but the moment Kale and Ricky left, Rademacher became the boss. Rademacher is now captain of the team, period. Nobody questioned it. There was no vote. There was no vote needed. Well, Rademacher says, goes, it's one of these spots. That's a lot to put on a sophomore, but it's on him either way, which means, though he doesn't want to be on the backside at a state championship, particularly when a month later he's got an opportunity to win the Nationals, he has to. He has to. He's now representing a team. 
he does it. He takes care of business. He wins the consolation side, gets third place. He's not happy about it at all, but I, I, I must tell you, the rest of us are very proud of him, right? I mean, he did what he needed to go out and do out there. So the day before any of this goes down, Coach Salmon and I are at the state championships for the women. They separated them. They put the girls down in Cottage Grove. And I have to give so much credit, and I really hope that whoever did this sees this and knows, at least for one person, tremendous gratitude. They did such a good job with this tournament. They had no help. The OSAA stepped aside. They had no money. They pulled this together, and they made it special. They made it absolutely special for these young ladies. And if I was to tell you about Destiny Rodriguez, you would question my credibility. I swear to goodness, if I told you the truth about Destiny, you would wonder if I was fibbing. If I was to tell you an athlete went through the state tournament and pinned everybody, you would be impressed. And you'd probably be able to match my story and go, well, you know, I know a guy that did that. In 1998, I remember a guy that pinned his way through. Okay, fair enough. If I told you I have an athlete who pinned their way through the state tournament twice, you're going to have a pretty hard time matching me. If I told you I have an athlete who pinned their way through the state tournament twice and never once saw the third round, I've now beat you. You're not going to be able to tell me that you've seen anything like that. If I tell you that I have an athlete who won the state tournament twice, pinned their way through it, never saw the third round, and was never scored on, I got you lock, stock, and barrel. If I tell you I have an athlete who won the state tournament, never got scored on, never saw the third round, pinned everybody, did it twice, and is an underclassman with two years of eligibility left, that's where you decide I'm a liar. I fully understand. You can believe that story or not. It's true. Meanwhile, back at the farm, got this guy named Charlie. And Charlie knows how to wrestle. The day I meet Charlie is the day I met a guy who wrestled for a really long time, okay? Charlie Spinning. Came up through the club program. If you ever touch Charlie, you know kids like that, or maybe you shake their hand, maybe you slap them on the back or the shoulder, but it's the same as, as if you, you touch a piece of metal. Charlie's one of those guys. Charlie is just hard as a rock, and he's got to give up a little bit of size, just a little bit of size in there that we have some rules with the weights and how long and what, what you can cut down to and body fat percentage is, is part of that. And Charlie doesn't, just doesn't have any of that. He looks like he's carved out of stone. So Charlie's going to have a couple of challenges because he's going to have to give up a few pounds. Turns out, turns out old Charlie wrestles pretty well at giving up some few pounds. So, I mean, what the things that Charlie did and the asses that Charlie kicked. Oh, and by the way, the hardest match that Charlie's going to have happens to be with his teammate, Goff. EJ Goff and Charlie are in the same weight. Charlie's JV. Goff's a defending state place winner, one of the top kids in the country being looked at by colleges. So they end up wrestling for the city championship. Call it di league, district championship. They end up wrestling in the finals. These guys are teammates. So anytime Charlie needs a good workout, he can turn... To big brother right here and a big brother needs a workout he's got the next best thing standing right next to him it's one of those really great spots where iron starts to sharpen iron 
and Charlie comes through state. And I must tell you, as honorable as Charlie's fifth place finish at the state tournament was, and as impressive as that was to many people, and myself included, I was impressed. I wasn't surprised. Like, there, there was no surprise. We were starting to see, towards the end of the season, took Charlie a little bit to get used to how good he was, to get used to high school. Guys are a little stronger. Get over this couple-pound weight deficit. Get over this I'm a freshman and they're a senior and everything in between. Took him a little time to get through that, but once he did, it wasn't a surprise. And Charlie was just one of those guys who was going to fight all day long. That was it. That will take you so far. That might sound easy when I say that. You get a guy that's going to, it's six-minute match, and he fights for all six minutes. It's rare. And it's going to win you a lot of matches. It did for him. And speaking of his teammate Goff, you know, Charlie ended up fifth, but Goff was in the finals. And to get to the finals, Goff within the semifinals produced the single greatest match in the state tournament. He had a Westview kid. And I know, I know the kid. Worthington. That's not right. I'm close. I know the kid. Takes on Westview. And this is a mess, and it's back and forth, and it's all over the place. And the score ends up 6-5. to five. For Goff, there was a point in the match where the referee, I believed, waved off two points. Goff's two points. And then there was like a reversal, and he gives the other kid two points, which will cost us the match. But you can't give a reversal if you waved off the takedown. If there was no takedown, there can't be a reversal. Now, this is going to start a fight. But Westview either didn't see what I saw, or I saw it wrong. It was never waved off. The referee, the referee did this for sure, but this doesn't have to mean waving off the points. I guess it could mean something else that I've never been taught in my 37 years in this sport. But if this gets argued, and if what I think I saw happen happened, Westview's going to win this match. They never contested it. Now, we're going to have a good fight right back because you cannot have a reversal if there wasn't a takedown in the first place. So th this is going to turn into a fight, for sure. But it ends up never happening. I only share that story with you because it was, for sure, the best match of the state tournament. And the only thing that Goff did different at this tournament than any other, and Goff always wrestles very well, but there was a meaningful difference, which was he was not giving up anything. He was greedy, and he was smart. If, a guy, if he was under attack and he had to get out of bounds without falling down and giving up his two points, he would do it. He was smart. He wouldn't let nobody up. We want to match in the quarterfinals against Newberg at home with the head coach Russo in the corner, who's pretty good at influencing people. Goff gave up nothing. He rode a kid out for two minutes. Got on to Kid Cho's bottom. Goff kept him down for two minutes. Just gave up nothing, right? Good way to win a wrestling match. Go out and score a whole bunch of points. Another good way to wrestle, win a wrestling match is don't give up any points. And that's very much what EJ was doing. And I got to tell you, we got Logan in here too. But Logan, much like because of the schedule, ends up going on a family trip, which costs him going into the postseason. I think Logan is one of the top guys. I, I've thought that, though, for a year. And sometimes Logan agrees with me and goes out and proves me right, and sometimes he, he questions himself. But we've also got Logan, who we ended up missing in this. And I'm only bringing that name to you because he's going to be a player. He's got two, two years left, and people are going to have to contest with Logan, as they are with Henry. And Henry was a lot like Charlie. Henry was very special. On day one, as soon as we saw him, I would put him as the most advanced freshman I've seen 
in nine years. Most advanced. And four days into the season, Henry breaks his hand. So Henry's out. He's got a cast on. There's nothing we can do. And Henry is of the mind from Jump Street, I'm going to cut it off. I will do whatever it takes, including cut it off. Well, you can't. We can't have a kid cut off a cast. It has to go through the doctor. We have to get notes. There's all sorts of clearances. And Henry gets cleared just in time. And as bad as he wanted, as good as he was, and as hard as he worked, there wasn't enough time. He just wasn't polished enough. He needed another three weeks. He needed anywhere from five to seven more matches, and he would have been ready. So he steps into this position anyway, makes it through districts, gets into state. I mean, he wrestles his ass off. I've got zero complaints against Henry, but I do have an excuse, right? I know we, as coaches, we don't like to do excuses. I understand that. I shouldn't call it excuse. I'll call it a reason. We just didn't have enough time. He just wasn't sharp enough. Guys were getting in on his legs that wouldn't have gotten in on his legs. He was defending it. His hips were in the wrong position. I'm talking about by a millisecond. His reactions were a millisecond, a split second behind. But that's enough to create a problem. And any of Henry's losses were extremely close. They were great. But even at districts against Camby, I mean, these were absolute battles. But he was getting in jeopardy over timing issues that he had because he couldn't wrestle because he had a cast on. So big hopes for Henry. I thought Henry had an awesome year. I caught Henry one day. Practice was over. Just driving home. Just driving home. And I'm covered in sweat. I didn't even practice. I ran the practice. I didn't even do the practice. Driving home. Hottest day of the year at this point. 86 degrees. And I got to get up this hill. I got to drive up this big hill. And when I get to the top, it's a four-way stop. By habit, I look in my rearview mirror. So I look in my rearview mirror. This guy's running up the hill that looks a lot like Henry. I'm supposed to take a right. I don't. I hit a U-turn and flip it around. I jump out and I wait. Sure enough, it's Henry. What the hell is he doing? He just ran up a hill after practice. He's got a broken hand. He may not even wrestle this. I jump in my truck, flip it around, put on my four-way stops, shut down the whole street, and I follow him. Everywhere he goes, I go. I'm clocking this run. Eventually, he loses me in a cul-de-sac, but he went a meaningful amount of time. He went about two miles, but in a mountain. So he's got to go up and plateau and dip and go back up. It was just a miserable and grueling run that he did privately to get better. It's a lot on that. Learn a lot about Henry Dillingham that day. You know, I will tell you, of all the guys in the room, Martin really stands out. Martin just has a different level of athleticism. He's wiry, right? You hear about kids that are flexible, but then you hear about kids that are wiry. And wiry is tough to come with a definition. I will know it when I see it, but Martin will get himself in spots and positions that would break some kids' limbs. And it's like his most powerful spots. And it's very hard for me to recall a match that Martin lost the first round of, even the first half of the second round. And I only bring that to you because Martin is a real academic guy. He's very, very smart, like a different level. Genius, in fact. Genius type IQ. So he put a lot of time towards academia and didn't necessarily able to meet all of the workouts, particularly within the moving schedule. And when matches got deep and late, now he's just a little bit tired. And it was one of these things where you could see the potential, you could see the grit, and you can also see where time in the room really pays off. And no part of this is to knock Martin. It's just the opposite. For what he was up against... And as much as he couldn't always be at all the workouts, he never missed a competition.
When the going got tough, you could always count on Martin. And so much of my great experience has to do with the coaching staff, right? First off, I'm underneath my coach, Doug Samron. And I could sit here and tell you he's a great coach because he was my coach and I got a loyalty, but that's not what this is. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's not only one of the top coaches I've ever been around. He's not only one of the top coaches in the state. He's one of the top coaches in the country, and that's official. That's what the Hall of Fame means. We also worked with Grandpa. And to be coach of the year, you have to be a head coach for them to recognize and give that distinction. It's an award. It's voted on. But if they did an assistant coach of the year, it would go to Grandpa. Grandpa is one of these guys. He doesn't see anything that you did wrong. If you lost a match 16-1, to you're going to come off the mat and he's going to tell you what a great escape you got. He only sees the positive in kids. He has compassion. He understands things on a human level. Then, of course, we're working with Todd Harmon, great wrestler himself, second-generation guy. He's got three boys. All of them went on to the pro ranks. All of his sons, champions, and were, were paid to wrestle. I get a fit in there, right? My alma mater, so I, I've got skin in the game. And then we got Michael and Wyatt, who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. Literally, come in the room, who needs a partner, and start going. The hardest part of the season for the guys was the week of the championship. The state championships come in. And one thing that Coach Samron always tells the assistant coaches, prepare these guys for the next level. For guys that are going to go on NCAA dreams, NAIA dreams, junior college dreams, world Olympic championships, prepare them for that. And it was no different than fight week. And I'm in charge of the room. My level of participation is I run practice each day. Okay. We're not going to do a whole lot, right? On fight week, you don't do very much. You travel to the event, you, you do some weight management, you get your heart rate up a couple of times, you relax and you recover. And I will tell you, as I was explaining to the team why practice was so short, why we were playing more games than we were doing live wrestling, I was explaining to them like a video game. When you play a video game as a kid and you've got that power meter that goes down when the character is in battle, but when the battle ends, the power meter goes back up. That's real. That happens. And your body's got to recover and your mind has to recover whether you know it or not. It was a hard sell. The team bought in in terms of they did what I asked. They did not think I was right. So we got three days of rest and now we're two days before the championship. We're going to run some sprints. Practice is done. 45-minute practice. You're going to run three sprints and you're out of there. Three sprints would constitute the lightest conditioning workout this team's ever experienced. But we do these sprints after three days of rest. Earl is running with a power, a finesse, and a speed that I've never seen. Armstrong is running faster and harder than I've ever seen him run. So on and so forth. But this was evidence that it was working. It was evidence that these guys, whether they knew it or not, were tired. I only bring that to you because, right, the team's got to buy in. And this was a huge part of our process, a huge part. And the only part of our peaking in this absolute mess of a season was the final week. We know where we are. We know who's going to state. We know who's advanced. Now we've got to make sure that they're sharp. It was an incredible year. And it was an incredible experience. And the way that everybody worked together, and I'm giving our guys shine, I'm giving our guys credit because I see them on a regular basis. There was plenty of teams that did just as good of a job. I mean, the championship ends up being won by Newberg, who not only won the championship, 
They set a state record in two regards. One for the most points ever scored, but two, this might be what they should be more proud of, the gap between them, the winners, and second. That gap, that spread was an all-time record, and their points were an all-time record. Oregon gets a lot of credit, though, overall. I mean, the state of Oregon and the way everybody came together, the way everybody agreed that we're going to flow however this flows, we know it's three two-minute rounds. We know the weight classes. We know reds. one guy's red, one guy's green, and whatever the referee says is final. The rules of wrestling. And the rules of wrestling from the beginning of time. The community and the state recognized it. We got our meet in. We got our championship in. OSAA, OWA. I don't even know why that topic's coming up. We, the community, decide. We, the community, have figured it out. All right, guys, that's it for today's special show. Send me a message on Instagram, comment on my YouTube channel, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you thought of it. I'd love to hear from you. And I promise you'll hear from me again on Wednesday's show with all the latest on MMA. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.